Today we are going to turn and look at Luke chapter 1. Last week we were talking about, as a follow-up to holiness, because holiness we were talking about God wanting to make our lives complete, and that's the work he's doing in our lives is to make us whole and complete and holy, devoted to him. But we take our lives and kind of put holes in our life when we do things that take away from the work of God in our lives. So we've mentioned this idea of God wanting to fill our lives up to overflowing. That's the full life that he wants to give us. Jesus came that that we could have life and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. And today we're going to look at his coming into the world and that, that when he came that there was just fullness preached. There was this idea of life being filled because he has come into the world. So let's look and consider this because we want our lives to be filled with good things. We and Jesus is the good thing. Everything that is good is wrapped up of being with being in Christ. And we want to make sure people get in Christ and can have their lives then filled, 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 filled to overflowing so that on that final day when we go to see God, we can be filled with Him. Because if we're not filled with Him, emptiness, lostness, death awaits. So don't leave this world Without Jesus. Luke chapter 1 verses 39 through 55 is the, uh, the home base for our message today. So I hope you'll have your Bible open there. And first I want to look at verses 39 through 45. And here are two women uh, who are pregnant. Two women who are cousins. One who is much older than the other. Uh, but they have these little boys in their wombs. And one of those little boys in the flesh is the very Son of God. And here is the meeting between Mary and her cousin Elizabeth. Um, I think at about the sixth, uh, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, when Mary is, uh, is just a little ways along in her pregnancy. So let's look at verse 39. Um, Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. What an amazing interaction. An amazing interaction that involves the unborn. Two human beings in the womb that seem to recognize each other and hear and respond 
What a beautiful and joyful little phrase, little section of scripture. As somebody responds with joy in the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus in Mary's womb caused the child in Elizabeth's womb. That was John the Baptist is what he'd be called, how we refer to him. The presence of Jesus caused the child in Elizabeth's womb to leap for joy. What a neat thing. This idea of leaping for joy. I've talked about it on a few occasions. And I want to mention some of these verses that come to my mind as we think about leaping for joy. First one is 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 15, verse number 29. Here's the Old Testament uh, passage. It's, it's at the tail end of the section of Scripture where it talks about uh, King David finally bringing the Ark of the Covenant into uh, the city of David, into Jerusalem. So, as that's being done, as the presence of God that is associated with the ark, remember it had the two, two angels and their wings would come up, and, and between the wings of those cherubim in that mercy seat is where the presence of God would sit. And that presence of God is then being brought into Jerusalem. And verse number 29 of 1 Chronicles uh, 15 says, It happened when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came to the city of David that Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and celebrating. And she despised him in her heart. So here's, here's King David, instead of acting kingly, he's out there dancing, leaping jo- uh, joyously because he's so Thrilled that the presence of God is coming to sit there in the city where it belongs, in the city of God, the city of David. Michael didn't like that. She wanted him to be all kingly, is my opinion of what's going on here. He was acting like one of the peasants, one of the low people, and he had lowered himself and acting in such a, a, a way Um, But I like to see King David, who is filled with such joy that he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He is going to leap and dance because the presence of God is coming to him. And he is thrilled. He is excited. Things are becoming as they should be. He has got a big, huge smile on his face. And he is, in my opinion... He's then, and I know the last part then, he is leaping, celebrating. Leaping, because he's filled with joy. I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that's what the presence of God should produce in us. When God comes into the presence of people, when he comes into our lives and we get to know him, we should leap with joy. We should celebrate. It's a wonderful thing. Life without him is dark, it's hopeless, you're left with all kinds of big questions that are unanswered. Where do I come from? Why does this all matter? What's my purpose here? But in Jesus, when he comes into our lives, we can leap for joy. Presence of God with us. Just like that John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb and the 
And Mary, the mother of Jesus, with Jesus there still in her womb, she comes into the room, he hears the voice, and he leaps for joy inside the womb. Here's another passage, is Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. And verse number 1 talks about great judgment that is coming. And then verse 2 says, but, Malachi 4.2, very last page of the Old Testament. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go forth and skip about like lav." like calves from the stall. You go leaping, jumping. I think some of the other translations even say leap in that verse, number two, about the calves from the stall. So, so calves that have been cooped up in a stall and got nowhere to, to run, and all of a sudden they're let out, and they go skipping and leaping out through. It's like when, when you let a dog out of the house or a dog out of its cage, and it gets free to run, and it just runs. It's going crazy because it's free. And that's what Jesus is to us. He is the son of righteousness. He rises with healing in his wings. He sets us free from our infirmities. From our great and terrible sickness, he sets us free from sin. And we can go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. Aren't you happy that you're set free? Aren't you glad to know that Jesus came to this world to save you? What a great and wonderful image. Skipping forth like calves from the stall. Just leaping and jumping and celebrating. And now Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, this is right after the establishment of the church. Uh, Peter and John are the two men in this, uh, who are walking towards the temple, find this lame man who needs healed. The lame man's just expecting, you know, please give me something Give me a little, give me a coin, give me something to help me survive. Um, Verse 6 says, but Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Jesus Christ, the one who had healing in his wings, even by the name of Christ, he was able to heal this man. The presence of Jesus, that's what he does. He heals us. He gives us peace and hope, wholeness and wellness. And without him, we're sick and we're lost and we're broken and we're hopeless. But he comes in and he changes everything. I'm so very glad that Christ has come to the world. That the light has come in and drove out the darkness. 
And he fills our lives with joy. Let us leap. Let us be changed. Let us be filled with hope. And even in your dark days and when you're troubled and when you're dealing with the issues that drag you down and drag you down, even in the very bottom of things and the difficulties of life, there's still within you this possibility and this hope that even though I'm struggling, even though these things are going wrong, even though this is bad, Jesus, I still have you. And thank you so much for that hope. And we can have joy in the midst of terrible difficulties. And sometimes, some people, it seems like all through their lives, that's, they're just holding on to that hope that's in Jesus, that joy that's in him, just that, that strength they can gather from him. The devil tries to drag them down, but Jesus lifts them up. Back to our initial passage in Luke chapter 1. Let's see if you flip the page or two to chapter 2. When Jesus ended up being born, so this is just a few months later, uh, there were some shepherds out keeping their sheep. Verse number 9 says, And an angel of the Lord, this is Luke chapter 2, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And that good news brings such great joy. With Jesus in your life, having been saved and set free from sin, do you, does it cause you to, is the presence of God has come into your life, does it cause you to to leap and to celebrate? Does it cause you to be like a, a, a calf that has been released from the stall and you go skipping out through that pasture? Are you uh, like the one who was lame and you're, you're lifted up and so you go, go to the temple leaping through the temple? The very, you come into the presence of God leaping. That's what the temple represented, the presence of God where you come close to Him. Do you leap for joy at this news that for all the people, a Savior has been born? Good news of great joy. Jesus came to this earth so he could save you. Are you happy to hear that news today? Are you happy to have Christ in your life? Well, continuing on in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 46. Here is the response of Mary. And Mary said... My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. She was right there with her little nephew, John, John the Baptist. She was like, I'm with him. He's leaping for joy. I'm, I'm happy too. My soul, my whole life, I, I 
from deep within. I exalt the Lord. I am lifting up the Lord. And she says, my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. God saving me. What a blessing. What a joy. I am rejoicing. I am exalting Him. Does your life, for me and you, do we exalt the Lord? Do we lift Him up? Do we rejoice in God our Savior? Let us live like that. Let us today exalt the Lord and give Him praise for giving us our Savior. And then in verses 48 through 55, in this uh, passage, this very much like a psalm, like uh, it's, 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 When you go back and you read the Psalms of David and all the Psalms, it's somebody pouring out their whole heart to God and and just speaking. That's what this is. She sings these words by the help of the Holy Spirit within her. She says, verse 48, I want to read all of 48 to 55 now. After she said she's exalting the Lord, her soul exalts the Lord. Verse 48 For he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers to Abraham and his descendants forever. And Mary stayed with her about three months and then returned to her home. Verses 48 through 55, if I could try to summarize those a little bit so we could get to our main verse in verse number 53. These, these words that Mary, even beginning in verse 46, the words that, that Mary uses, they're all wrapped up in the Old Testament scriptures and so many of them from the Psalms. And we're going to even look next week. Um, in, well, in, Psalm, in, in verse number 50, she quotes from Psalm 103. Today we're looking at verse number 53. She quotes from Psalm 107. She's quoting from the Psalms and there are other phrases that are used from other parts of Scripture. But these Psalms, she knows the Scripture and she just speaks them. They're a part of her. She knows what to say because she knows the very words of God. And I just want to encourage you, New Year's coming, stick with going through the Word of God. And applause to everybody who's continued through uh, reading the the good book uh, throughout this past year. And we're going to continue to do that next year. So keep reading, keep putting this word in your heart so that you might not sin against God, but that you might be able to let his word fill you up so that that is one way that he is going to make you complete. Mary, she's just a great example. This young, young, young lady just able to speak the words of God is a beautiful thing. She knows God's words. 
She's able to exalt him. She's looked to him for her guidance and her help. And she knows that if she tries to do things on her own, if she starts lifting herself up, she's going to get nowhere. But she turns to God and she humbles herself. She lowers herself before him so that he can exalt her. So in verses 48 through 55, I think it just shows how God takes the humble, the lowly. And it's not just beaten down and trodden, you know, and you can't even lift your head kind of. But it's those who out of fear and respect for God and a love for him, we just bow our heads and we come before him saying, God, you're the one who is everything. You are holy and I'm not. I need your help. Guide me. Teach me. Help me. I need you. That's the attitude we need to have. That's the attitude that is on display in verses 48 through 55 as Mary praises God. God takes the humble. He takes the lowly. And He exalts them. He lifts them up. But for those who are proud, those who tend to uh, puff themselves up, Or make themselves look better and lift themselves up above everybody else and kind of have this haughty look and looking down on everybody else, thinking they're better than everyone. God takes the proud and he brings them low. He brings them down. Notice verse 48. um, He has regard for the humble state of his bond slave. She looks at herself as a servant. A very slave of God, just as we all should. And God has regard for somebody with that kind of attitude. And for her, just imagine that, knowing that she is going to give birth to the very Son of God. Knowing that the child within her is from the Holy Spirit, she is humbled. And she even recognizes in verse 48, For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. How blessed she was to receive that presence of God in her life. To be able to to give birth to the the king of all the world. She certainly was blessed. She was looked upon with great favor. This is not saying that she was to be exalted in such a way that we worship her or that she is better than everybody else, but she was honored by God. What a beautiful thing, and we honor Mary. We look at her and we count her blessed, and we seek to follow her example by humbling ourselves and being a slave to God. And when we look at ourselves in the right perspective in relationship to God, that we are the slave and he is the mighty one, then we'll come out in verse number 49. That's what she says. For the mighty one has done great things for me. If we humble ourselves before God, he will do great things for us. So if you want to have joy in your life, if you want to have that sense of purpose in your life, if you want to live a holy life, you look to the mighty one. And... His name is the holy name. 
He really is the only one who is holy, and we're not. The only way we can be holy is by what Jesus did on that cross, and he gave us holiness. He is the one who cleansed us from our sins and gave us purpose and hope in our lives. So turn to Jesus. He is the great and mighty one. He is the holy one. Verse 50, and his mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear him. You better respect God. You better reverence him, hold him in his highest place. That is how we fear him. To know our place is that we are not to say, hey, God, look at me. But we lower ourselves, we humble ourselves and respect and fear God. Verse 51, he has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. When I read that verse, those, those, those thoughts, I, I kind of picture army men. You know, Army men's just standing up here in front of me, little guys. Maybe one of them is a, maybe one of them's got a crown on him because he's a king. He's a mighty man, valiant, all these valiant soldiers. And you know what God does to him? He just kind of comes along with his right arm and, well, probably even just his pinky and just pink, 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 pink. You know, they're nobody. The Almighty God, he, those people who think they're great, who exalt themselves, who think they're powerful, God just comes along and, eh, you're nobody. You're nobody. He lowers them. He humbles them. And if they don't get their lives right and turn to the Almighty One before it's everlasting too late, they're going to be humbled in an eternity of punishment and lostness and pain and suffering in hell. So, God brings down those who exalt themselves. But those who, ex- who humble themselves, who will look at themselves in their proper place in the universe, God says, all right, I'm going to take you and I'm going to lift you up. He does great things. Humble Mary, lowly Mary, just a peasant girl. God lifted her up. And if you'll humble yourself before God, God will lift you up. He'll do great things for you. And I would even say, like Mary, he, he, he will do great things through you. If you'll just humble yourself before God. Verse number 53 Oh, and I, actually, I didn't read the end of verse 52. I stopped there for the contrast. All these people that God's going to bink, 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 just knock them down with his mighty right hand, his powerful right hand. Verse 53, uh, excuse me, the end of verse 52, and has exalted those who were humble, to make the point. You exalt yourself, you're going to be humbled, but if you'll humble yourself before God, God will lift you up. And then verse 53, it says, He has filled the hungry with good things. Now, if, if I can come back to this idea about kings, you know, in the, in the time of Scripture and in the times of all through history, you'd have, you'd have basically one powerful person who ruled over a group of people. You'd have one king and most everybody else, they were just the peasants. They were the lowly ones. That was uh, in, in the time of Christ, there was one king, and then you had everybody else. 
The people in the ruling class was so smart, so small. The people that actually had something, that they were the haves and that they were rich and had any wealth, that was just a super duper small portion of the population. We live in a country where everything is evened out and where everybody is rich. Even the poor among us in terms of world history, even our poor are rich today. Hope that makes sense to you. So in this time, it was still just those couple of people who were rich. They were just the few that were powerful. It was those few that were really, truly filled and just had everything they wanted. But everybody else was kind of living day to day. People had to work hard to survive. And in that kind of day and time, Mary comes along And she says, God has filled the hungry. All of us lowly ones who are just fighting and struggling just to survive physically, he has taken the hungry and God has filled us with good things. But the rich, those very ones at the top who think they're something, bing, he and he, and he has sent away the rich, empty-handed. So God fills up the lowly, and those who think there is something, he sends them away with nothing. I just love that image. And here it is in the context of joy. A Savior has come, and he has filled us with joy. John the Baptist in the womb, he jumps for joy. He leaps for joy. Mary is filled with joy because she is going to give birth to the Savior. And she speaks and exalts the Lord. She is filled with joy. And now she says, he has filled the hungry with good things. This is joy. This is good news. Jesus coming to this world to save us and set us free. If you'll only humble yourself and bow before the Almighty God. So this story is from Luke, and if you turn to Luke chapter 16, I think there's an important passage that that we should point to. Luke chapter 16, the rich man and Lazarus, here is one who had and one who did not have. The haves and the have-nots, the rich man, he was filled in this life, Lazarus had nothing. And God shows that he is going to fill the hungry with good things. Luke 16, verse 19. Now there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And a man named, and a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores. And longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table, Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so that he may dip the Tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I'm in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, 
Child, remember that during your life you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus bad things. But now he is being comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great chasm fixed, so that those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able, and that none may cross over from there to to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, that you send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers in order, in order that he may warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. But he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. The rich man in Lazarus, one who was lowly and one who exalted himself. And Jesus says that it's the hungry who will be filled with good things. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died and rose from the dead just as Moses and the prophets prophesied. Humble yourself then and exalt Jesus in your life so that you may be filled with good things, so that you may be filled with joy in his presence. In this life, you try and get yourself to the top, you try and get things, you try and exalt yourself, and in the next life, everything will get washed away, it will get wiped away, it will fail, and you'll be left in ruin and eternal agony. But if now, if you would humble yourself, there is good news, if you will humble yourself now before God, Jesus will exalt you and lift you up. There is great joy in his presence. A final passage, James chapter 4, verses 4 through 10. James 4, verse 4, You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the presence of the Lord... And he will exalt you. That's where the true joy comes. If you will humble yourself before God and let Christ lift you up. Empty yourself of worldly desires so that God can fill you with good things. Humble yourself so that God can exalt you. Jesus came into this world so that any who would humble themselves before him... He can exalt them. He can exalt us. He can fill us with good things. I encourage you to have the presence of Christ in your life. 
And with the presence of Jesus in your life, you can leap for joy. And you can know that as you humbled yourself before God, that he is lifting you up. That is the great and wonderful news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He came to this world to fill us with good things. So humble yourself before him and be filled with joy. If anyone here needs to respond to the call of Jesus, you need to give your life to Christ. I encourage you to this day to get a hold of me, to find some other respected person in a congregation, to ask your questions, to seek Christ, to let them know that you want to give your life to him. Do that today. And to all the members, live for Jesus. Be filled with joy. Have humility and follow after Christ. We're now going to remember Christ and what he did for us as we partake of this Lord's Feast.